I'm back, bitch. Welcome back. Thanks. How'd you? Did you miss me? I did. But it was great with Dennis and Dana too. Who's a? Come on, it wasn't it as good as it is with me. It was an interesting take in Movies seeing what other people. <laughs> no, that what, did, what other people care about? What did you and Dennis talk about? I don't even remember. Um, what episode do you remember? None of them. The live one seems very vaguely familiar from okay. last week. Yep. Porpoises. Orphans. Orphans. Dennis thought it was a typo when I sent him the thing. He's like, "What? <laughs> Movies about orphans." Yeah. What did he come up with? I gotta go. Um, I guess I should go watch the episode. Yeah. My bad. I don't remember. That was. Yeah, and then you did a couple with Dana, mm-hmm. who's always wonderful. Yes. Uh, well, thank you, you are as well. Thank you for thank you, thank you to Dennis and uh, Dana for filling in while I had uh, my hiatus. We had a couple of back to back game humpers where we uh, berated Delgado endlessly about nice. his lack of God of War play, and I think we nice. finally forged him into a real human being i don't think i'll believe that when i see it but uh i'm happy to be back and we as you mentioned we are back from our live uh comic-con event and i hope you guys enjoyed watching that and seeing the pillows it was certainly a or at least seeing the pillows well either or it was i mean obviously the pillows are definitely more worth seeing than us um but it was certainly a personal highlight for me as a fully coolie and pillows nerd and a lover of live events yeah and the weather was yeah, it was Lovely. nice. It was nice all around. So thanks to everybody who came. Overhang. Thanks to everybody who watched. And thanks to our fellow uh, panel members, Steve Bloom and Dana Swanson, who sat in makeup for hours so that they could walk out and do a 20-minute show. <laughs> we, uh, we Efficiency not is not we our model. new pre-flight shirt. Yeah. That's new? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean it's the that. same one, but I got a new one. Oh, oh, you mean you got a new version? I didn't realize how faded shirt. mine was oh, until Dennis... Right. Put his on. Gotcha. I thought it was like an effect, but it turns out it was just overly washed. Do you do you wash your clothes weekly? In a particularly hard way. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. But I'm it's I'm just happy you wash them and all. You've come a long way. Yeah. It's we used uh, to call Gil Pigpen because of his office, and it's still not great. But there's there's difference between messy and dirty. Uh, it's kind of it but was sometimes it's also dirty. It, was, it used to be both. It yeah. would get dirty because it was so messy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, so now that we're older and wiser, indeed, we can move on to today's uh, uh, topic, uh, which is we're going to first talk about the movie Rosian Z, which I think was in the top thirty in the paced anime thing. I think it was up in yeah. the high, in right the, around twenty five ish. Yeah, high twenties. Um, so this is an interesting movie. Um, it came out in um, 91? ninety yeah ninety one in in Japan, um, and made it over here a couple of years later. It was directed by Hiroyuki Kitabuko, who was a protege of Katsuhiro Otomo, who did uh, Akira, and it was written by Otomo and storyboarded by Otomo, and he designed the uh, the mech designs for this, but he didn't want to direct it because he was working on another thing at the same time, and he was more excited about that. Um, so he gave this project to his protege, um, Kitabuko. Um, a fun fact is that this was the great Satoshi Kon's first movie that he worked on. Yeah, he art-directed it. Which is pretty incredible. So, as far as so talent, real piece of shit. So, as far as talent, you have two of the best uh, anime directors and creators ever working on something. Um, but weirdly, they're working on working in the service of something that's 
basically Fairly, just a black comedy. I yeah. mean, it's a it's a really black black comedy. Yeah, it's not lighthearted, no. but it is. But it's a black comedy. Um, and it's and it's sort of a lower budget anime film, even though by today's standards it still looks incredible. But if you compare it to like Akira, right. You can tell the difference in budget, um, but it feels very much of its time. Of its time, it feels like late '80s, early '90s. The designs very much are Otomo in terms of the characters and the way they look. I'm cosplaying as uh, Takazawa <laughs> for next year's Comic Con, by the way. Um, so why don't we? I, I've got a. I've got uh, a couple things. I've got a trailer which is kind of just like music with footage that I think Manga Entertainment did, and Manga Entertainment did. So Carl Masek, the 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 guy who was responsible for a whole bunch of anime coming to the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> responsible for just taking of bags of cash and yeah, rewriting and all. He actually weirdly did the audio mix of this movie, the Japanese version. Uh, and then he did, and then he produced the English dub uh, for Manga Entertainment, and this was released theatrically in the U.S. Um, and it did okay, actually, and it was reviewed by Ebert, of course, yeah. who liked anime, and some other people. So here is, I think this is a, a HD remaster of the original trailer. So let's check that out, and then I have a clip to show you. Kind of a weird trailer. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't already know what was going on, it's sort of difficult. It's just like, look at the cool stuff, yeah. um, which is a lot of how anime was advertised in the pre-streaming um, era, um, the pre-Tsunami era. Um, so now I've got a clip. So weirdly, so this movie is available on uh, DVD, and it is available on Blu-ray in other countries, but you can't yeah, really get a, a U.S. US coded uh u.s region blu-ray but uh it's also available on you can watch the whole movie on youtube in several different formats so uh this is a clip we pulled from youtube that's just a little bit more of the the so you get a little bit more of a feel of what it actually feels like in terms of how is this movie we'll talk more about it after the the clip but how is this movie a a black comedy let's so check it out Quite what I was expecting. Take us closer down. Okay. <laughs> Careful or we'll collide with that mono railway. <laughs> oh shit! 
So uh, as you can see, it's a it's a very weird tone of the movie where at any moment you think real danger, like it's a giant robot running amok, and you think, well, someone's really going to get hurt, and it's played mostly for laughs. Yeah. But it's a black comedy. So the so the story is basically there's an old a, an aging widower who is in the hospital, and there the hospital decides to use him as a, a test subject for an experimental machine that will basically completely take care of an elderly person's needs. It basically it will it uh, they will go to the bathroom in it. It will clean them. It will feed talk. Them. It will talk to them. It will feed them. It's like a single you know. It's a hospital bed that's mobile. Yes, yeah, a transformer. And, right. And his nurse feels bad for him because she has gotten to know him and he is a widower and he's basically always crying about his wife and how much he misses her and how much he loved her and he, he wants to go to the beach where they had their sort of a formative memory and she gets some other old dudes that are in the um, the nursing home who are hackers in a very sort of this the 90s way. An 80s yeah. 90s movie to basically write a program for the machine where it will kind of act like his his wife and his meld with the machine becomes so deep that the machine basically starts going berserk because it's acting like it really is his his wife and it's trying to sort of make him happy you know by whatever by he thinks necessary. yeah so he wants to go to the beach and he wants to remember his wife so he basically the machine just starts growing new parts and creating new sections of itself and gets mobile and goes amok in the city and so then the government is called in and then you find out of course that actually this this thing is just a test for a government weapon so basically they're using it as a healthcare thing yeah. to get funding and to get some sort of free test subjects but actually what they want to do is develop it into a weapons program yeah so it's so they want to they want to stop this thing as soon as they can so that the program doesn't get shut down so they can turn it into weapons so it's really a black comedy about a couple about a couple things it's definitely otomo commenting on how the japanese treat their elderly and how they're sort of forgotten and it's also a commentary about the militarization of Japan, which in the 90s and 80s was a big concern um, and probably is one now, but was much more of one later. So it's really two different social commentaries wrapped up in a really weird, sad and goofy story of an elderly man who's running amok with his robot because he loves and misses his wife. And the elderly Classic man, tale. the elderly man has no real agency of his own. He's basically kind of out of it the whole time. He's just like ah, yeah. like yelling. He's not really. He's not. It's not really. It's his, his desires that are driving everything forward, but he's not really in control. Yeah, of all he's that. kind of. He kind of has dementia. So then, the only real decent person in the whole movie, besides the the old folks, is his nurse, who she basically is chasing him the whole time. Because she's worried he's going to get hurt because she thinks she cares about him. She's like a decent human being. Right. And the movie ends uh, not in a super dark way. Like, basically, the thing's destroyed, the program's ruined, and the, the old man is back in the nursing home with her looking after him, which, though he may not understand it's better for him, we as a viewer know that it's better if she's taking yeah. care of him. Um, 
But I, I, I really like it, and I think only Otomo would even think to put all those things in a weird black comedy about a robot gone amok that cares for an elderly person. <laughs> like, yeah, it's totally. Uh, not something you would, and I think Ebert's review back then was like, it's not something you could even do because this is live action because you could it's too expensive yeah. to, 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 to make the around that subject the, matter. Yeah. You know, I mean, you probably could make a live action version of it now that was less expensive, but, um, you know, we throw away our elderly just like Japanese people do. So yeah. I doubt you would see that. Yeah, it's a mechanized Movie cocoon. Game. Mechanized cocoon. <laughs> But I, I saw it um, a long time ago. I mean, like 15 years ago, back in the day when it first came out on a home video. Um, and I remember being somewhat underwhelmed because, his, you know, you go from Akira to that. It's right. like it, it's, you keep waiting for something in totally insane and right. world changing to right. happen. And it doesn't. But that doesn't mean yeah. it's not still a great. Movie. It doesn't have the ambition of Akira, um, but yeah. that's not a knock against it. It's just right. a different type it's not, of film the best right um and and then i didn't see it for years later until we i I wrote the review for the paste anime thing and i actually think uh well as that's why we put it in the top 25 because i think it's one of the better animated uh, one of the better anime films ever made because it's just taking on so many different things and it has such a strange tone it's kind of reminds me of a weirdly like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie because it's like you're laughing but it's dangerous but it's like it's right. ten things at once which I think complicated films sh- should be you know um, so anyway if you haven't seen Rouge and Z it is well worth a watch it, I would just not go into it expecting Akira Akira or giant robots fighting or anything I would expect a pretty black comedy about the elderly and the militarization of Japan. So <laughs> it might resonate more if you're Japanese. I don't know. Um, but anyway, that led us to our topic of the day, which is what's your favorite movie starring senior citizens? Um, so we've kind of, we, we did this a year ago yeah. and we said, what's your favorite movie starring olds and no one got the joke. And so we decided to, to make be it more straight, a little more clear. So I have picked. I'll go first. Okay. I have picked three movies that uh, are somewhat also about aging, in addition to starring senior citizens. Um, there aren't a lot of actors who reach over the age of fifty-five or sixty, sixty-five, who are, are able to still have starring roles. And to the degree they do get starring roles, they usually get starring roles that are about. Being old, um, because that's just the way Hollywood works. Yeah, unless you're like Robert Duvall, and you can go do movies all the time and just be the character guy. You know, most most leading men or women actors age into character actors because nobody wants to build a movie around old people anymore. Um, so a lot of the movies that you pick when you're going through this subject, I noticed, are more about being old. Um, so that's fun. I look forward to the aging process nine years from now when I'm 55. Um, so, uh, the first one we're going to talk about is the Jim Jarmusch film. Uh, and it is from the early two thousands and that's the great broken flowers starring Bill Murray, uh, before he did turn the, uh, weird 
weird old dude thing into a cliche. <laughs> he was when he was still exploring his. This is a particularly fecund creative uh, period for him, where he was in uh, Rushmore and Royal Tannenbaums, and he did this, and he did um, Lost in Translation. He was having like a little bit of a run. So, uh, I think Broken Flowers might actually be. It may not be the best. The Rushmore is probably the best, but Broken Flowers is up there and a really in his filmography a great movie so broken flowers uh, let's watch the trailer and then i'll just talk about it a little bit Years ago, I had a son, your son, no return address. You have no idea who this is from? No. Congratulations, you're a father. You give me a list of all your girlfriends, and then I can plan everything. I think your father's real name is Sam Spade. No. Sherlock Holmes? No. Well, he's that Dolomite guy, right? No, not Dolomite. The whole trip, it's all planned. You go visit them, you go to their houses. What you please about your son? Photographs, pink stationery, find that typewriter. And I can forensically match the type. You're insane, Winston. Donnie, is that you? What are you doing here? Are you married? Larry exploded in a ball of flames at the track. Hey, it was even on TV. And now it's just me and Lolita. Interesting choice of name. Winston, couldn't you have rented me some car that I might really drive? I'm a stalker in a Taurus. It's me, Donnie. Oh, I think in the near future, water will be worth more than oil. You can't take a swig of oil. Well, you are certainly right about that. Mm. Only you can solve the mystery. You want to get a drink? No, I don't drink. Because you understand women. Maybe get something to eat? I don't, uh, eat. So, what do you want, Donnie? Do you have a son? Are you okay? It was just a minor misunderstanding. I tried to see through the disguise. Let me philosophical tips the past is gone it's very strange you're showing up like this yeah it's strange the future isn't here yet what are you doing here i was just looking for typewriter all there is is this that's my report sherlock So um, basically, yeah, he's a he's a guy who screws up all of his relationships with women and has left a lot of sort of damage in his wake. He's independently wealthy from doing something with computers, but they don't. Yeah, I couldn't remember what it was. Uh, and so his next door neighbor, who's his friend, uh, he gets a letter that says he has a son and goes on a road trip trying to figure out which of these women might be the person that bore his child. Um, so it's very it's a much backwards. About Dark yeah. comedy, Mamma yeah. Mia. So it's very much about being older and looking over your past relationships and the regrets you might have. And he's alone as an older person. And I think he's reckoning with how he ended up there um, and what he might have missed, in, you know, by ruining these relationships. Because it's pretty clear with every woman he meets that he was the person who fucked it up. So right. he clearly is, a, you know, has made a lot of mistakes. Um, and he's trying to sort of reckon with them by revisiting these these old flames who are pretty much uniformly like over him. <laughs> um, but there's some amazing actors, as you can see in the movie, and it's Jim Jarmusch. So you're either in or you're out. It's slow. It doesn't go a hell of a lot of 
anywhere. Yeah. It's pretty quiet, and it doesn't really have an ending. The ending is pretty elliptical, but I think it's a really thoughtful sort of exploration of the the people we leave behind on our journeys through life. Damn. Yeah, I know. Deep. Um, next up is a classic from 1971, and that is Hal Ashby's amazing Harold and Maude, which I think all of us who love film have checked out at some point or you know um is a really black comedy about a teenage boy who uh is trying to find his way in the world and he's obsessed with death and suicide and feels like he doesn't fit in and he meets maude a 79 year old woman who he falls in love with and they start dating uh, and it's a it's all played for a really dark comedy. Um, and when it came out, it, uh, it was a flop. Uh, and then over the years, it built a reputation as a, a great black comedy. Uh, Hal Ashby, who directed it, is responsible for several classic 70s films. And of course, the music is by Cat Stevens. Um, the soundtrack is a big standout. And one of the probably one of the reasons is the movie got noticed Um before he changed his name to Yusuf Latif. Um, so let's check out, I think I have a clip of Harold and Maude um, that we can watch. Let's check it out. Don't be shy Just let your feelings roll on by Don't wear fear Or nobody will know you're there Yeah, that's the criterion. They do a thing called uh, Three Reasons for some of their films. And there's a great Criterion Blu-ray of that movie. If you have any interest, uh, I would highly recommend it. Um, And then finally, I've talked about this movie before, and I'm sure I'll talk about it again. And that's just Tough Titty Toenails. uh, And that is the great No Country for Old Men. Um, So this movie is, is definitely about... I mean, the whole central thesis of the movie is Tommy Lee Jones' character, Sheriff Ed Tom, uh, is he's come to the point in his life where he is feeling out of touch and like he can't stop all the madness and horror that. that yeah, the world's is, gotten too crazy. And the too world's fast. gotten too crazy. And that's a common feeling that people feel when they get older. As they feel out of touch, they feel like things are moving too fast. And the movie is very much about a good man 
who is trying to it's about a couple different people but one of them is this good man who's trying to just do the job in the way that it's always been done and protect people on a person-to-person level and he feels like he has basically met his match in in anton sugar um so the scene i have is a scene that basically cuts right to that point and this is ed tom talking with his um I believe it's his uh, uncle-in-law, I guess you would say. It's his wife's, it's his wife's um, uncle, um, who was also uh, a, a sheriff. Um, and so it's a great, it's, it's a, this scene basically gets to the point of Ed Tom's story. So let's watch this scene. That man that shot you died in prison. Angola. Yeah. What'd you done? He'd have been released. Oh, I don't know. Nothing. Wouldn't be no point in it. Kind of surprised to hear you say that. Well, all the time you spend trying to get back what's been took from you, more is going out the door. After a while, you just have to try to get a tourniquet on it. Your granddad never asked me to sign on as a deputy. Loretta tells me you're quitting. How come you're doing that? I don't know. I feel overmatched. (laughs) I always figured when I got older, God would sort of come into my life somehow. And he didn't. As far as him, I'd have the same opinion of me that he does. You don't know what he thinks. I sent Uncle Max thumbbuster and badge over to the Rangers, put it in their museum. Daddy ever tell you how Uncle Mac come to his reward? Gunned down on his own porch over in Hudspeth County. Seven or eight of them come up there. All wanting this, wanting that. Uncle Mac went back in the house to get the shotgun. Well, there's a head of him. Shot him in his doorway. Ain't Ella come out and tried to stop the bleeding. Uncle Mac all the while trying to get that shotgun. They just sat there on their horses, watching him die. After a while, one of them said something in Indian, and they turned and left out. Uncle Mac knew the score, even if Aunt Ella didn't. Shot through the left lung. And that was that, as they say. When did he die? 1909. Oh, I mean, was it right away or in the night or when was it? I believe it was that night. She buried him the next morning, digging in that hard old caliche. What you got ain't nothing new. This country's hard on people. 
You can't stop what's coming. It ain't all waiting on you. That's vanity. So there you go. That's what kind a piece of, of shit. That's that's kind of the point of the whole movie is that is that we are trying to find our place in the world and getting older sometimes means understanding that you're so small and insignificant that there's not much you can do sometimes fun yeah one of my favorite movies those are my uh three of my picks of movies starring senior citizens what are yours well done uh first for me is harry brown uh michael kane reliving his glorious past of being a badass psychopath um, this movie came out in 09 and Harry Brown, the titular Harry Brown is a, uh, retiree and he's living in a community that's being overrun by, uh, drug, drugs and gangs. It's a sad tale. Um, so Harry ends up missing his wife's, not her funeral, but her like last time moments at the hospital because he's too he's worried about getting through this intersection. So to deal with that grief, he just starts killing everybody. Um, and it's pretty great. So let's check out the trailer. (laughs) Mr. Harry Brown, police. Is there anyone here with you, Mr. Brown? No, I'm widower. What's this all about? I'm scared, Harry. I'm, I'm scared all the time. <laughs> to them out there, this is just entertainment. I'm sorry to have to tell you, but Mr. Atwell is dead. Give me your money, man. you ever kill anyone? I want to do some business. So what do you want? I want to go. Of course you do. Is she okay? Maybe we should take her to the hospital. She's my business. You're aware of the shooting on Curzon Street. Two dead. We recovered the murder weapon at the scene. It was an old military bayonet. You've never really talked about your time in the Marines. The Marines were a lifetime ago. I was a different man then. Tell me what happened in the subway with Leonard. Who's Leonard? He's the man you and your mates murdered. Can you confirm that a number of deaths were attributed to a vigilante? He told me to talk to the police, and what did you lot do? Nothing. As far as I'm concerned, Harry Brown's doing us a favour. He's got a gun. He's got a fucking gun. You failed to maintain your weapon, son. I, I don't know about his finest performance, but like, the critic reviews are like, yeah. the greatest movie ever of this piece of shit revenge thriller. Yeah, like, it's <laughs> a fine film. It may not be, but it is uh, fun, a tour de force. A, film. a tour, tour de force performance by an old man. And acting revenge on the young, which is an awesome tale to see. Something you like. If uh, if you like Michael Caine or old people killing people, <laughs> I, uh, I recommend it. <laughs> cool. 
Uh, a similar revenge thriller is my next movie, Young at Heart, uh, the British documentary following a group of senior citizens <laughs> from Massachusetts around as they uh, prepare for a choral performance in somewhere Northampton or something, oh, Massachusetts. Somewhere in Massachusetts, yeah. Um, but, North fucking Hampton. Yeah, they down down the shore. Northampton kid. Um, so uh, let's watch this trailer and see count the bodies of them killing everybody. <laughs> Microphone one. It is the concert event rock and roll fans have dreamed of their entire lives. You've got to let me know. Should I stay or should I go? There's about seven or so new songs that I want to take a look at. I feel good. Nice. Nice. Singing does does a lot to your whole body. You got a lot of life. That's what we have, a lot of life. 2024 hours ago. Jack is sitting here. We have the possibility that he'll pass a kidney stone for us today. Very warm, enthusiastic welcome to the Young at Heart. Experience the film that brought audiences to their feet with spontaneous applause at the Los Angeles Film Festival. This is the best performance I've ever seen in my life. Should I give it the gas? They're the rebels, the wild ones, who showed the world they can. Learn the whole song. I know we can, can. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, can, can. That's hard. From Fox Searchlight, the studio that brought you groundbreaking comedies like Sideways, The Full Monty, and Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, yeah. Comes an event, 80 years in the making. Young at heart. I think I can, 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 I think I can, can, if I want I can, can, think I can, yes I can, yes I can, I know darn well I can, yes I can, can. It's a pretty marginal trailer, but the movie I like, it's sweet. And you get to... That movie sucks. This isn't your section, you got your chance. Just saying. You could have said that about any of my movies. Well, you couldn't because they didn't suck, but you could have if you felt that they did. That movie sucks. Not very nice. Sorry. I'm happy for those old people that they found something to do in their retirement, though. Yeah. I don't think, That's I'll, the point I don't of think I'll be singing in my retirement. But no. You'll just be... Maybe the Harry Brown thing would be more on my line, but yeah. I don't have a military uh, background. You'll just be more... I wasn't um, once a badass. I was always a soft fuck. Waldorf of... Uh, yeah. Hanging around. When you're doing hard time in the prison, you'll be the one who's like, this bullshit. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I won't be saying it was the greatest show I've ever seen. Yes. Yeah. I've actually seen great shows. But you know, you didn't see that show. You don't know. Yeah, I've seen this movie. Yeah, but you weren't. You didn't movie. experience the show. Yeah, it's okay. Um, last for me is Space Cowboys, a, a movie that Jason uh, stole from me the last time we talked about old people in movies. <laughs> I like that you, so I I like you literally couldn't find any other movie. I could. I chose not to. to. the same one. I, I <laughs> <laughs> Not that I couldn't. Oh, uh, well. I like it. I obviously approve. <laughs> yeah. 
This is a great old people movie. Look at that lineup. Murderer's Row of old people. <laughs> Let's uh, see the scene talking about uh, old being old. Is this the same old. scene I used? I don't think so. I don't remember what scene you used, but I don't think so. Because this is a great pick. Primary hydraulic failure. Switching to second. You can't do that, Colonel. The bird's on a computerized track. Thousand feet. Your airspeed's too high. Stick to their protocol, will you, Hawkins? I got hydraulic failure. I'm going to manual control. Goddamn, boy. You cannot do that. Secondary hydraulic failure. You're going to come on shore. My kill. Come on, Jane. You can't throw all that at him on the first run. We got three weeks to send four old farts into space. This is flight school 101 stuff. Look, Hawk, this is not a stripped-down show plan. You got to do it their way. I don't need a computer to tell me how to land a damn airplane. It's not an airplane, Colonel. It's a flying brick on approach, and you got to use your onboard computer. What if the onboard computer fails? It's never failed. Houston, Horizon. Go, Horizon. Request secondary landing, please. Houston, Horizon. Request onboard computer failure on second landing. All right, run it again. Horizon, stand by for second approach. Socket to him. 3,000 feet. Coming in too steep, Hawk. Get a pull up, sir. You're going to lose it again. It's a fire and F-A-2. You're going to lose your avionics. Well, I don't need them anyway. This thing's a flying brick on the approach anyway, isn't it? Wind shear off the nose and the fire is contained. Computers are down, sir. She's all yours. 500 feet. Almost lined up. Your airspeed is way too high. Airspeed is 490. Coming in too high. You're going to overshoot. You'll never get this thing stopped. Oh, hell, it's easy, Roger. All you got to do is tap on the brakes a little bit. That much, you'll put her into a stall. 100 feet, you know what you're doing, right? Yeah, I'm tapping on brakes a little bit. Drop the nose, you're gonna lose it. Knock it off. Drop the nose off. All right, what's the airspeed? 200, you're right on it. What do you say we just drop that nose there? Like that. <laughs> Smooth, baby, there. That's impossible. Well, for a computer, it might be. Flying brick. I like that. See his old man distrust of computers. Yeah, was, it worked in his favor. Fight through. I trust the damn computer to yeah. get me to space. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, good stuff. Those are some of our favorite movies starring senior citizens or whatever we wrote down for the question. Let's check out Adult Swim Facebook's top five picks. Cocoon, of course. Grumpy Old Men. <laughs> Expendables. The Expendables is a good pick. That's a funny. That's a funny choice. Up, of course. Space and Cowboys. We're we're turning the tide. Yeah. <laughs> converting the people. Uh, let's see what uh, Toonami Facebook's choices were. Up. Red, who, which is also yep. another revenge yeah. movie, which I like. Grumpy Old Men, The Expendables. They just don't kill enough people in Grumpy Old Men, but other than that. <laughs> this is the second hand. Second Hand Lions, I, that was one of my picks the last time I liked uh, that movie. Was it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, about Schmidt was my other one. Yeah. So um, now 
We have a whole bunch of topical promos for you, as well as a music The, the upside to not only having a lot of premiere episodes is you get a lot of topicals. Yeah. So let's start with uh, this week's episode of Dragon Ball Super, episode number 73, premiering Saturday night at 1030. On the next all-new episode of Dragon Ball Super. Uh, look at this! Coming soon to a theater near you. Dragon Ball Super, Saturday night at 10.30. All right, pictures up. Excuse me, sir? Uh, is there any way you'd let me do the stun instead? Only Toonami on Adult Swim. Cool. And uh, we are happy to be showing My Hero Academia. We're up to episode 112, which will air right after Dragon Ball Super at 11 p.m. Let's check out a topical for that one. On the next all-new episode of My Hero Academia. I've never seen the guy in person before. I didn't expect him to be so huge. <laughs> this is no time to talk, you idiots. If we strike now, we can kill him. My Hero Academia, Saturday at 11. All oh, Might, you can't. He's too strong. Just sit back and watch a pro at work. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. And then uh, our final topical is for, of course, Pop Team Epic that confused, annoyed, and delighted in equal measure, it seems, the Chinami yeah. fan base. Every episode. And continues to do so. So this is episode 105. Uh, here's a promo for it. That airs Saturday at midnight. On the next all-new episode of Pop Team Epic. Hey, say hello, dummy. These jerks are your new mom and brother. Hi, nice to meet you. You're grumpier than I expected. Pop Team Epic, Saturday at midnight. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. And then finally, uh, our editor, Dave, uh, who is, uh, he cuts a lot of our... Um, the topical promos and he cuts a lot of our um, lineup spots and he's done several he music does all videos the packaging. you guys have liked. Uh, he created uh, this music video that he's calling Ferromagnetic Flow, which is a pretty marginal name, but it's a good music video. Nice work, Dave. So let's uh, let's check it out. The universe is composed of the three chi's. One is the chi of heaven, the energy that comes from the sun. And one is the chi of Earth, the power that comes from the planet we all live on. And the last one is the magnetic chi that comes from living organisms like us. Do you ever ponder the relationship between good, evil, and justice? Yes, all the time. I've wanted to be a hero since I was little. It is this power that allows me to save those who are in need of a hero. Then he sealed away the body of the monster and hurled it up into the sky. It became, it became the moon. There was no place for me to return to. This was the only place I could go. I'm supposed to be the guy who's always smiling. People everywhere have to think that I'm never afraid. This responsibility was entrusted to me. I'll keep you safe. He looks down and sees a land of pure white below him, glistening in the light. It's the summit of a snow-capped mountain. He feels the light flowing out of him, and he thinks, that's where I was headed. We both walked through the darkness of this world, so your eyes pick up even the faintest glimmer of light. The things I seek now lie only in darkness. They were lighting up that dark sky, and they were so colorful. Each and every cell is your whole body awake and alive. 
Excellent work. I think yeah. you guys, it's been a while since we've done one, so I, it's nice to see, and I, I hope you guys enjoyed the flow. Uh, and then finally, we have another installment of Mobile on the Move. For those of you who are missing Dana here at the on um, pre-flight, um, so Dana did something she's calling Pokemon Go in real life. Right. Where she... Goes and looks for actual goes and animals. Goes for actual animals. Um, she did this while she was at San Diego Comic-Con with us. I don't believe she actually catches them in real life, but... But she finds yeah. them. Yeah, she so catches them with her eyes and her heart. <laughs> she catches them in her heart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it for uh, this week's episode. We'll be back next week with another we movie a, and another topic. We, we, have got a, we got a show. Oh, we got a show it. Oh, yeah, sorry. Why don't we show the thing that Dana worked so hard on? Hey everybody, I just got back from Comic-Con and I can't wait to show you all of the Comic-Con. There's Comic-Con and there's Comic-Con. Even more Comic-Con. Look at all that Comic-Con. It's happening. San Diego is lit. But something I really, really wanted to delve into this time specifically is a follow-up to a piece I did two years ago about Pokemon Go. So when I first played Pokemon Go, I started in San Diego at the San Diego Comic-Con two years ago. And I remembered like burning through battery packs and having to wear a fanny pack around. And like, it was a very committed game. Also, you could pretty easily get hit by bikes and stuff. Not so fun. So this year I decided to go for the next obvious evolution, Pokemon IRL. What does that mean? Is look for Pokemon in real life. First stop was a very obvious place, the convention itself. We could buy Pokemon toys, Pokemon cosplay, 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 and a very sleepy Snorlax. No. What are some Pokemon we don't know about? How about a flat Whitasaur at the Jurassic Park Starbucks? Yep, the Hilton Bayfront Starbucks made sure that John Hammond's vision carried through to weary travelers in need of cold brew. Life finds a way. What about these My Little Ponemanders? Or this Unicrom? Or this IRL Vulpix, or Tippy GD Hedron, or the Rockafire Explosion Mons. Basically, everywhere you look, there are animals that I could turn into terrible Pokemon puns. Except Rush the dog. He's just Rush the dog, because I love him. Speaking of dogs, some of these Pokemon are real life animals. How about Cosplay at you, Bomb Sniff a Puff, or Dog Looking at Me from Carizard? The most crucial thing I did was go on an excursion to find the most rare of animals further out from the convention. Sure, I could cheat and go to the zoo or SeaWorld, but I'm doing this the hard way because cheaters don't win, except when they do. One of my first stops was at Dog Beach where I could find Tripod Dog, Standosaur, and maybe this is Arcanine? Is this Arcanine? Not even gonna try with that one. Honestly, this was such a cool and freeing moment. Dogs in the water is the new water Pokemon. Then I jetted up to La Jolla to peep some seals and sea lions. There's barking. All day long. Check those guys out. And this very offensive bird. That bird does not give a brrrk. My last stop was the reason I came to San Diego this year. Not Comic-Con. The Cat Jetty. We're going to follow that up in part two. Stay tuned, because we've got to catch them all. Have you ever um, been on an animal hunt in San Diego? Uh, no, I've been to the zoo in San Diego. But Did you not go to Dog Beach? Uh, no, yeah. 
Yeah. So you've been on an animal hunt. Feels wrong to say an animal hunt. <laughs> probably I can't support that. Probably a bad, probably bad wording. Yeah. Uh, a Pokemon hunt. Yeah. I've uh, I've had caught them with your eyes. I've and caught your heart. I've caught many animals in San Diego with my eyes and my heart. Good deal. Good deal. Lots of other places as well. Um, so that, that's it for this week's episode. We'll be back with another topic and another movie to talk about next week. Thanks. Bye. Tsunami, every Saturday night from 10.30 p.m. to 4 a.m.